Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Middle Falls Christian Center. Heavenly Father, we truly are in a moment when things are certainly pointing towards a particular outcome. And for us who are the children of God, we know what that outcome is going to be. So Father, we pray that even in this night that your spirit will convict us all of sin and of righteousness and of judgment because none of us stand innocent before you. The price of our salvation came through the cross and we serve a living God because we know it is Christ in us, the hope of glory. So let your word minister unto your people and Holy Spirit, go and speak and let your anointing break every yoke and every bondage And may the name of our Lord Jesus Christ never depart from our lips. May it be in our hearts always. And all the glory always be to you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Good evening, everyone. And welcome to our family that is online as well. I want to start with a portion of Scripture. You can just listen. I'm not going to require you to turn there. Revelation 3 verse 20 says this, Behold, I stand at the door of the church and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and restore him. And he will eat with me. This is the last of the churches, of the seven churches in the book of Revelation, which is relevant to the time in which we are living in. We live in such a time, in this knowledge, that there is no church age that is going to happen after this one. If God says that He's standing at the door and that He's knocking, it means that He's still waiting, that He's still desiring that people must come unto salvation. We can do all the things in the kingdom of God, but if we are not after the lost soul, then we are missing it all because it is why Christ had come and died for us at the cross. God is saying here, He is waiting for the lost to come in. He is knocking at the door. And in the Amplified, it says here, He's knocking at the door of the church. You see, if we look at the church globally, in all these aspects, and if you take away all the denominations, if you just look at the church globally, then it's not a church that is on fire for God. Suddenly, with all these things happening in the world, you hear things like the rapture, in other words, the catching away, and it's the end times, and it's prophets. Most of them do not know what they are talking about. Proceeding in this particular chapter in the book of Revelation, God calls the church a lukewarm church. And we have to ask ourselves, are we that kind of church? Are you that kind of a person that is a lukewarm person? Because I'm telling you that Jesus Christ is not coming for that church. He's not coming to catch away that church. He makes it abundantly clear that He's coming to fetch a pure and a holy bride Only those who walk in His ways. It is not a difficult thing to do. It is a choice that we make. He is knocking at the door. 
He's knocking at the door. You see, many out there in the world, including the church, display this form of godliness, but they deny the power of God. They are denying it. What must we do then to be ready? What must you and I do to be ready? Let's go to Deuteronomy 23. Chapter 23 of the book of Deuteronomy, verse 14. Just this one verse. And I will share with you what God wants us to know as believers through this particular portion of Scripture. Out of the New King James, verse 14 of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 23, it says this. For the Lord your God walks in the midst of your camp to deliver you and to give your enemies over to you. Therefore your camp shall be holy, that he may see no unclean thing among you and turn away from you. Just this one scripture. What must we do to be ready? God answers it always in his word. You see, in this portion of scripture, God addresses four things that I'm just going to briefly mention to you. The first thing is, as God says, I'm giving you a promise. I am going to walk in the midst of your camp. Your camp is the church. It is your house. It is the life that you are living. And we have to answer that question for ourselves tonight. Is God in my camp? Is He in my life? Is God in this church? Is God in my home? Because when God says He walks in the midst of the camp, He says, my presence is there. I want to dwell with my people. This is God's promise because it is His desire. The next point is God gives the purpose why He gives us this promise. Because He says here, I will deliver you and I will hand over the enemy to you. I think Christianity suffers because we don't realize that we already have the victory in Christ that the enemy is already handed over and delivered to us through the works of Jesus Christ, but we make our life so difficult and it is so tough being a Christian, you know. I'm going into my prayer room and I'm going to fight the devil with spiritual warfare and I'm going to pray and I'm going to fast for so long. Christ has already given us the victory and we just believe it or we don't. For sure there is a place for warfare. For sure there is a place for fasting. But don't give the enemy more credit than what he's supposed to get. In fact, he shouldn't get any credit. Christ should get all the credit because the enemy is defeated. The proof is there in the Word of God. The grave is empty. Christ is in heaven. He's waiting to come and fetch us. God is walking in the camp, not of a defeated people, but of a people that are walking in victory. He's given us the victory. God has handed over the enemy to us. You either believe it or you don't. Because if you believe it, the things of this world is not going to plague you, nor will it overcome you. If you believe that God has given us the victory over the enemy, you are going to resist the devil every single time because you have got something in you that no one in this world have. Only Christianity has this. They've got the power of the Holy Spirit in them, which Christ availed to us on the cross, because 10 days later, he came to come and testify of Christ. When God says, I am delivering you, this word refers to salvation has come to us. 
The Hebrew word here literally means, God says, I am snatching you away. I am plucking you away and rescuing you. You can already see in the scripture, God was already foreshadowing the catching away of the church by saying, I am going to deliver you from the enemy. The third point in the scripture is this, God clearly clarifies that there is a condition for this to happen. It says there, your camp must be holy. That is the condition. It is a word that we abuse. It is a word that we read over. It is a word that we think we understand and we don't. When God says your camp must be holy, He's plainly saying this. In your life, you must be as God, just as Jesus was. That is the qualification for holy. That is the bride that Christ is coming back for. The bride who is just as God. In Leviticus 18 verse 5, God writes this and he says, whoever is that person, and I'm paraphrasing a little here, whoever is that person who is keeping my laws and my commands, my statutes, he says, for that person I will give life continually. That's what God says in Leviticus 18 verses 5. That's why no man, no human being could ever fulfill that. No human being could uphold the law and follow wholeheartedly, unblemished after God's commands and His statutes until there came Jesus Christ. And when He died, it was God fulfilling His promise in Leviticus 18 verses 5 because He says the person who lives like that that person will live continually. God had to raise Jesus from the dead because He fulfilled this promise. He upheld the law and therefore He pleased God and God therefore raised Him from the dead because He is the one who fulfilled that promise. We now are in Christ, no longer having to fulfill any law or command, but if we believe in Christ, we too are grafted into God's glorious kingdom because we believe of what Christ had done. In this portion of scripture, when it says, your camp must be holy, it is the same word that God uses when he did the creation in Genesis 1. From verse 3 onwards, every single time God says, and let's just use verse 3 as an example in Genesis 1 when he says, and God said, let there be light and there was light. Effectively, what God was saying about light, he says, he says there, light be, and immediately all the darkness that was spoken of in verse 2 of Genesis 1, everything was lit up instantaneously, and there was light, and that light was there continuously. That is what that word be means. So when God says to us, be holy in your camp, he says, instantly, you must change and be holy, and you be like this continuously. You never change from that. You never turn away from that. You have to be holy instantly and remain like that. How do we do that? Through Christ, we remain holy because He is the one who set the example of being holy. You see, there are many churches who say, Oh Lord, and there's nothing wrong with this. I'm merely using this as an illustration. But there are many churches who say, Oh Lord, we want you to come down and bless us with your presence. I say there's a church that is even beyond that, that says, oh Lord, take me into your presence. 
come down and take me into your presence instead of coming down that your presence might come here, but take us into your presence. Why do I say that? Because in the presence of God, there is holiness. Holiness is and it be continuously, and it will continue, and it will never cease. That is the condition that God places over every single believer of us. If we want to know that we are ready for God to come and fetch us, and that His Son comes and takes us away, this is the condition. We have to be holy, because our Lord Jesus Christ is holy. Holiness is not a word. It is a verb. It's something you become and you never walk away from this. Because the very next point is then God gives us a warning here. He says, let there be no uncleanness in you. Because if that happens, the Lord says, I will turn away from you. That uncleanness means here, it is the violation of anything that is pure. The laws of purity is being violated. And that stretches from the moral side to finances, to the physical nature. It even covers, here it says, the political arena. God says, if there's uncleanness in the camp, He says, I am going to turn away. You know what that turn away means in the Hebrew? It means this. God says, just as Adam and Eve was holy when I made them. The moment that sin came, when we used the word, God will turn away. God turned himself away from Adam and Eve, and they were returning to their former state, which was dust. That's what God means when he turns away. For us as believers, this is what it means. Also in the Hebrew, it says, for those who believe, and the moment you entertain uncleanness in your camp, God says this. He says, I will walk away from you and you will return to your former state as if you had never known me. That is what it means when we entertain uncleanness in our lives, when there is not holiness. We will be, if we entertain this, we will be like we never knew God. We will be aimless without purpose, never, never knowing what eternity is. God is very clear as to what he wants us to be concerning holiness. So the question is, who's in your camp? Who's in your camp? Is there fear in your camp? Is there unforgiveness? Is there worry? Is there stress? Is there bitterness in your camp? Because if that is the case, then you've entertained uncleanness. We entertain uncleanness when we subscribe to these things. And if we do that, God cannot be in our camp. God doesn't cohabit with the things that are unclean. That means if God is not in our camp, someone else is. And we've given that person the legal right to be there in that camp. God wants to be with his church. You know, some of you here may be in a wilderness, but that's okay because you know what? God goes and meets us there in the wilderness. Israel was in the wilderness when God visited their camp. It's okay if you're in the wilderness, but who is with you in your camp when you're in the wilderness? Because God wants to be there. He wants to be there in the church. God desires to be here in this church. 
because He wants to speak to us. He wants to reveal to us what His will is. He wants to minister to us. God desires for us to have Him in our lives so that we can make the right decisions and get to know Him. To all the men that are here, and especially the husbands, God gives us a specific instruction. And He says, if you, as the husband, get this right, where you place God as the head in your life, you will have a direct impact on your marriage, on your children, and on your relationships. This is the power of the husband if he gets it right in that way. Because if you do that, God dwells in your camp. God comes into our camp only if we live holy. And that is his desire. I want to leave you with two very, very significant points this evening concerning this. You see, what happens in your camp will determine what happens on your battlefield. And let me qualify this. We often get into a difficult and in a hard situation, and then we start praying and we're seeking God to help and to fight the enemy. If your camp is right, that means God is there. That means when hardship comes, God has already gone before you to win that victory on the battleground for you. The victory is not won on the battleground. The victory is won in your camp. When you are holy, God is living there with you. He dwells there with us. And therefore, every single time that the enemy comes for us, God goes before us and he destroys the works of the enemy. Don't be caught off God and wait for God to meet up with you when you are in the battleground. Have him in your camp. Live holy and don't entertain any form of uncleanness. Because there, the Lord meets us in the camp. And the second point is this. It is not important what is going on in the camp of the enemy. It's important what's going on in your camp. Because there you have victory. And over the enemy, you will have victory. Don't concern yourself with the things of this world, the evil things. Don't worry about what the news is saying. I actually challenge every single person. If you dare to not watch your phones this whole week and we meet up to the prayer meeting on Friday, I promise you, you're going to be a different person because all these things are meant to disturb us and to confuse us. Because what we do then in a panic situation, we want to suddenly grab hold of God's word and bring God's word into the battleground. Precisely what it says in Deuteronomy 23:14. God must already be in the camp. So whatever I read will not impact me. It shouldn't impact us. You know, when we get to the prayer on this coming Friday, the 27th of October, and I'm coming here towards an end of this evening's message before we will allow the Holy Spirit to minister. This coming Friday, the 27th of October, is the 300th day of the year. You may or you may not know that. So I looked. In the Hebrew alphabet, the letter with the numerical value of 300 is the second last letter in the Hebrew alphabet, the letter Sheen. And you know what that, what that letter means? It means to consume and to destroy through God's divine power. It is not coincidence that on the 300th day this year, we are going to see God who destroys the work of the enemy because our camp is holy. 300 foxes, Samson took and he tied their tails together. He lit their tails and sent them into the enemy's field. 
burned the whole field and the crop of the enemy. The enemy's field was destroyed because of a man who spoke up against the enemy. Gideon had 300 men, and those 300 men destroyed an army of 135,000 Midianites. Can you see the pattern here? This coming Friday, we are going to make war and we are going to get our victory because in our nation, we believe that there's holiness in God's church and there's holiness in God's camp. And our government, they will say that Jesus Christ is Lord of South Africa. Our children, they will know Christ in this life. This generation, they will know Christ and they will be prosperous. They will not need to go overseas. They will have, they will have their authority and their blessedness in the country of South Africa. Our economy is going to be blessed because a praying church is going to make a flattening of the enemy when we pray our economy into blessedness. The rain is going to come in the natural, but so it is going to come in the supernatural because our God is in our camp. Here in Little Falls Christian Center Church, God is always going to be in our camp. We will make sure of that because we will be a holy people unto God and we speak it by faith. Come Friday, we will pray and we will have our victory because we don't stand back because we know who is in our camp and we know of the promises that He has given us. He says here, I will deliver you and give your enemy over to you. This is God's promise for every single one of us. Do you believe it? then we must be more than the 85.3% of this nation who says that they are Christians. It is all great to say it by our mouths, but it's time that we see it in action. We pray that those 85.3% people in South Africa, that they will start living it and show proof that this is them. I want everyone to bow their heads, please, before we move as the Holy Spirit moves in two Corinthians 6 verses 16, just to tie with this evening's scripture, God says that you are a temple of the living God. And he says, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. I want to say to you tonight, whilst your heads are bowed down, is God really in your camp? Is your camp unclean? Do you need to cleanse your camp? to usher in God's holiness because it's God's desire. He says that he's knocking at the door of his church. If you know that you need to make right with God tonight because you have entertained uncleanness in your camp through sin or unforgiveness and even lukewarmness, if you haven't been where you're supposed to be, and we want to pray for you and I want to ask you to raise your hand so that we can pray for you. If there is uncleanness in your camp and you know that you have not made right with God as yet, I want you to raise your hand so that we can pray for you because God wants to restore. God wants to heal and God wants you to walk in righteousness. If that is you, then you need to raise your hand. Don't be shy because it is a great night for this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's keep those hands raised for us. If you have never made this confession, as the word says in Romans 10, Verses 9 and 10, that if you have never confessed that Jesus Christ is your Lord, 
and believing in your heart that God the Father raised him from the dead. It says there, if you do this, you will be saved. If you've never made that confession, I want you to raise your hand as well for me. Because we would like to pray for you that you may be able to make that confession. Thank you, thank you. Please keep those hands raised for us. I'm not going to drag this out. I'm really not going to drag this out. If there's lukewarmness in your life and tonight you want to make right, this is your invitation. Please raise your hand because we need to step away from lukewarmness. Thank you very, very much. Can I ask every person that have raised their hand, just quickly just stand for me. Don't be shy. There are brothers and sisters here with you. Please stand for me. How wonderful it is because tonight lukewarmness goes and tonight... Tonight, uncleanness leaves the camp. And tonight, you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Last invitation. If you haven't raised your hand, then I give this as a last invitation. Right, all those stand for me. Can you please come to the front for us? Because we want to pray for you here. You are that important. Let's usher them in. Amen. 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 How wonderful that is. When children come to the house of God and they make right with their God. How beautiful it is. How beautiful it is. Because it's the day that you should remember because it's never going to be the same for you again. You've raised your hand tonight and you're standing here because you are making right with God. That means God is accepting you into the sheepfold. Can I ask that all of you here in front for me, please just raise your hands to the heavens and all the congregation, your hands towards them as we pray. And I want all of you here in the front to repeat after me. I will lead you in prayer. You just repeat after me. And the congregation can say this prayer as well because we can never pray this enough. Everybody present says, The punishment of my peace was upon Jesus Christ. And by His stripes, I am healed. I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe in my heart that God the Father raised Him from the dead. I am now a child of God. Oh, Father God, write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Forgive me my sins as I forgive all people that have sinned against me and fill me with the Holy Spirit. In Jesus Christ's name, amen, amen. Let's give them a hand of welcome and applause. I want you to do one thing tonight when you go home, before I'm going to let you go. When you get home, I want you to go and look in the mirror and see what God sees. Don't look at the things that you see wrong in your life. Look at the beautiful creation in front of you because God made you in His image and His likeness. And tonight, He has drawn you into His kingdom. Your name is written in the heavens and the angels in heaven rejoice. That is how precious and special you are. Amen. I want you to turn to your left-hand side. Please follow for me that after that, Pastor. And you've got someone behind you who wants to help you and pray for you quickly. And you will be back shortly. Thank you very much. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.